my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Atlanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Today I am bringing to you the second episode in the Sisters Double Feature, Part 1. Yes, Part 1, because there will be a Part 2, most likely next August in 2022, but that is quite a ways away. So, of course, the episode I'm going to be focusing on for part one of the double feature from season five, episode three, Take My Sister, Police. <laughs> this episode aired October 1st, 1991. In this episode, this is the IMDb description, and then, of course, I read the I, uh, the uh, disc description the dvd case all right so dj lobbies for her own bedroom but michelle is reluctant to share a room with stephanie who is depressed because nobody wants her as a roommate okay so there is actually more to there it was written by melissa and then there is more added to it also written by i believe the same melissa all right dj makes a solid case for switching bedrooms with michelle you mean Stephanie? Okay. Um, hmm. When Danny agrees, Stephanie is reluctant, then warms up to the idea of mentoring Michelle in the way DJ has done for her. However, Michelle is not as eager to share a room, and Stephanie feels rejected. Elsewhere, Jesse and Becky are at odds over the cravings and mood swings that are side effects of Becky's pregnancy. Tension comes to a head when a Lamaze class <laughs> pits husband again. Okay, again, this person, Melissa, you're wrong here. I would say, yeah, more like, okay, Danny and Joey vie for the attention of Becky's Lamaze instructor. Okay, so I mean, would you really call it tension when it says a Lamaze class pits husband against wife? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, it wasn't a bad synopsis, so. All right, DVD case summary time. Stephanie beds down. I like the term beds down. It just sounds like you're getting comfy. You're getting ready to go to sleepy sleep. You know, getting comfy in your bed. But Stephanie beds down in the bathtub. I mean, is she Kyle XY? If, for those of you who saw the ABC Family, at the time it was called ABC Family when Kyle XY, or was it called Fox? You know, that channel changes so much. You could never tell. Let's see, they're always going from ABC Family to something else to Freeform to ugh, whatever. Anyway, yeah, I'm getting Kyle XY vibes here with the bathtub because that's where Kyle XY or Kyle likes to sleep in Kyle XY. I actually would love to cover like the pilot episode of Kyle XY. The show is amazing. So anyway. Stephanie beds down in the bathtub when neither DJ nor Michelle is willing to share a room with her. I think that 
that's a pretty good description. I really, really do. I think they they did a good job with that one. Not hugely creative like the last one that I read with No More Mr. Dumb Guy. Sometimes they really do an amazing job. And I think it was just the wording of the description for No More Mr. Dumb Guy that really I took a liking to. But this one was pretty good. Sometimes there's some... You know, there's some winners, and there's some that are just, oh my goodness, who thought of that description? <laughs> Alright, this episode has a 7.2 out of 10 rating on IMDb. Oh, Jeremy was, Jeremy's getting a haircut today since it's Saturday. Why not, right? <laughs> I actually just got one on Monday, so, yeah. My, and it's weird because I was telling the person who was cutting my hair, I'm like, it seems like the bangs always are the first to grow back for out of the rest of the hair and it's like I cannot stand it when my bangs go past my eyebrows it drives me nuts I'm doing the eh, eh, you know trying to get the hair out of the eyes eh. and it's like I'm gonna get a wry neck from doing that but yeah so I decided instead of trying to make it to eight weeks because I can't do that I decided to try to just do it at six weeks with the haircut that's about as much as I can stand so, anyway, 7.2 out of 10, based on 212 ratings, directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, Mark Warren, and Dennis Rinsler. So, we do have some guest stars. We have David Lassier, who plays Rick, who is someone the DJ is crushing on. And we have Nancy Vallon who plays Lisa Green. And we have Mercedes Jane, who plays Pregnant Woman. Now, I'm curious why this lady stands out, because with Becky's Lamaze class being taught in the living room, there are a lot of pregnant women. So unless this lady's got a part where she actually says, you know, has a line, I could see why she would be here, but I don't, you know, in the cast, but... So getting back to David last year, it looks like he is kind of a one-note character, he doesn't come back. He was in Roseanne in 91. Same year he was in Full House. He was also in a show called Hey Dude. He was in an episode of Life Goes On. His name was Mitch Tanner. How funny is that? That was also in 91. Oh my goodness. Let's see here. Hearts Are Wild, Step by Step. That was 92. Three episodes is Kyle Connors. From 91 to 92 in Beverly Hills 90210. But he is most notably remembered as Vinny Bonta... I'm going to mispronounce this boy's name. Bonatardi? He played Blossom's boyfriend, I believe, for 48 episodes from 92 to 95. I didn't know he was in White Squall. I only watched that movie. It was in 96 because of Ryan Felipe. Or however you want to pronounce his name. You know him. I know what you did last summer. Cruel Intentions. 54. I had a bit. After seeing I know what you did last summer. In 1997. I had a, such a crush on Ryan Felipe. And I call him Felipe. Because that's how I. Even though it's. It's what? P-H-I-L-L-I-P-P-E. So, David was also in Two of a Kind. He was in an episode of Touched by an Angel. Sabrina the Teenage... What? Okay, he played Josh from 99 to 2002 
in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I'm guessing, was he a love interest for Sabrina? I watched Sabrina here and there. And I and when Soleil Moonfry came on, you know, Punky Brewster, she came on as Roxy. I started to watch more of the show. But I wasn't, I mean, out of all the TGIF shows, the only one I fully was dedicated to was Full House. I mean, I watched some of Boy Meets World, but I kind of dipped in and out. Step by step, same thing. It was also on the show called Melissa and Joey, which has Melissa Joan Hart and Joey Lawrence. It's kind of like a, it seems like it's a who's the boss type of situation where I'm guessing he plays like a live-in housekeeper or something to that effect. All right, so now we got Nancy Villain, who has been in quite a handful of things. Uh, Charles in Charge, Miami Vice, Saved by the Bell. She probably played someone that Zach dated for a hot second. Full House. So she was Lisa Green in Full House. She was never in another episode. Two episodes of Murder, she wrote. Two of Walker, Texas Ranger. Boy Meets World, she played a substitute teacher that Sean tried to impress. Baywatch, 22 episodes as Samantha Thomas. Alright. CSI. Has she done anything... Middleton Christmas. Does this have anything to do with? Oh, <laughs> I think I think Middleton. I think I see Middleton. I think Kate Middleton. All right. So trivia titles based upon Henry Youngman's signature joke. Now take my wife, please. David Lesher later played Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's uncle Matt on Two of a Kind. I've never seen that show. I thought they also, the Olsen twins were also in another show called So Little Time. We got some goofs. Joey states that neither Tom nor Jerry ever talked throughout the Tom and Jerry cartoons. While neither one of them talked in most episodes, there were a few episodes where Tom had one or two lines. Later, Tom and Jerry were more verbal in Tom and Jerry the movie. Yeah, even in Tom, because I watched Tom and Jerry Kids, too. On Fox on Saturday mornings, I loved Tom and Jerry Kids. I <laughs> hey, there's a bus. <laughs> cool. Anyway, <laughs> a bus just passed the window where I'm podcasting. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember you know Tom and Jerry Kids. You had Tom and Jerry. I love how Tom was wearing like a red and blue, like hat. <laughs> it was really cute. Uh, there's Spike and, you know, the big dog and then his little dog. You know, his son, probably Tyke. Spike and Tyke. Droopy and Dripple. Of course, you know Droopy the dog with the monotone voice that sounds like Ben Stein. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, such a good show. Fox, on Saturday mornings, Fox did have some really good shows. For a Saturday morning. Bobby's World is another one that I absolutely loved. Eek the Cat, that was another one. I can't remember if I ever watched The Tick, but um, 
Here's some more goofs. Several times in this episode, Michelle is referred to as a kindergarten baby, and she states that she is four and three quarters old. Danny and Joey are headed to a Warriors game, and we see, based on sunshine and the character's attire, that is a nice that it is nice weather outside. Additionally, Rick is doing homework with DJ, so we know it is during the school year. The only months during the school year where the Warriors will be playing and the weather will be nice out would be at the end of maybe late April, May, or very early June before school breaks for the summer. If Michelle is four and three-fourths old at the end of this particular school year, that would mean that she had just turned four at the beginning of the school year, which doesn't make sense for a kindergarten. Kindergartners are typically five at the start of the year or turn five during kindergarten or six if they are held back. You know, and I was just thinking the fact that the twins are born on Michelle's fifth birth. So, and Becky in this episode does look, well, and the thing is, if you think about it, Becky, when she goes into labor, she's three weeks early. So that means more than likely, maybe, and we don't know when in November exactly Michelle's birthday is, but so does that mean if the twins are three weeks early, maybe they would have been born in, say, December? So I don't know. I'm going to, honestly, I'm going to put the uh, kind of semi-agree with it, and it's that's not really even a goof. That's many, many observations just formed into a paragraph. All right, we do have one review. Taylor Kingston gives us a 9 out of 10. The one where Stephanie moves into the bathroom. Warning spoilers. This review was published on IMDb June 23rd, 2015. I love this episode. It's so funny. It's one of my all-time favorite episodes from this season and also from the entire series. In this episode, DJ desperately wants to have a bedroom all to herself. You know, I get it. She is at this point, season five, we're going to put her at four. Well, she was 14 in season four. I'm going to put her at 14 and a half, 15, because in season six, when she comes back from Spain with Steve, so we'll put her at 14 and a half. All right. So, I lost my place. In this episode, DJ desperately wants to have a bedroom all to herself, and after explaining all the perfectly good reasons to Danny, Jesse, and Joey, they all agree that DJ will move into Michelle's room, and Michelle will move into the room with Stephanie. It actually makes a lot of sense. Michelle and Stephanie are the same age as DJ, and Stephanie... Oh, the same age DJ and Stephanie were when they moved in together. But Stephanie doesn't like the idea at all, so she moves into the bathroom. How is that going to... That would be problematic. I mean, seriously, how would that work? That is a main bathroom that the majority of the family uses. I mean, I know Danny's got a shower in his bathroom. Whether he's got a toilet in there, I don't know. Jesse and Becky, you know that they have a bathroom upstairs in their bedroom apartment and I'm just kind of thinking when they because Joey had a bathroom when he had that apartment down there but then they changed it to the studio would they they would have just closed off that the bathroom right that would I mean 
unless they just like well we'll keep the bathroom in case you know when we're working we need to stop and use the bathroom we have a bathroom we don't kind of run upstairs they would have to go up the stairs to the kitchen up the stairs to the second level of yeah, it just makes sense. Just keep uh, that bathroom when you're changing stuff over. Just keep the bathroom in the basement. It just it makes a billion times more sense. I'm just thinking with Stephanie. I'm just like, in that amount of time. Yeah, I really hope she cleaned that bathtub out. I'm just like, ew. That is bad. That is bathrooms are not clean area. I mean, ugh. I just think where else could she have made a bedroom for herself in that house? And I'm just thinking she could have bedded down somewhere in a corner in the studio or <laughs> the basement maybe? Ah, maybe there's a little uh, alcove. The, the alcove! The alcove in the living room like Joey did in season one. You just bed down. Well, actually because the living room is the prime area where you know, the kitchen that's a lot of heavy foot traffic and all that stuff. So it's, I don't know. But hey, if it was good enough for Joey in season one, I'm pretty sure the alcove would be good for Stephanie. So it says, Michelle also isn't eager to be sharing a room with her big sister. Well, would you if your big sister teased you? Like, ain't you a kindergarten baby? I don't want a room with a kindergarten baby. Yeah, I wouldn't want a room with Stephanie either. This just, it does make me think about that home improvement episode where Brad and Randy are just not getting along. They're like a year apart from each other. They've been sharing a room for like forever. And Brad ends up getting his own room and Randy has to move in with his younger brother, Mark. I can see where it feels like the other sibling that's sharing the room doesn't get a choice on who they have to, they get, have to room with. Great, DJ gets her own room and I get stuck with Michelle. Meanwhile, for sidebot here, Becky is getting enormous cra- I thought this person was saying she's enormous because she's pregnant. Becky is getting enormous cravings thanks to her pregnancy hormones and tensions rise when the women get into a fight with the men and the, at a Lamaze. They get into a fight with the men. It's just basically Becky against Jesse with this whole thing because he's all... We'll get to it when we get to the app. I, I don't want to... I want to save that. So. And Danny and Joey compete for the attention of the Lamas instructor. Uh, best part of the episode. When Becky has hilarious cravings. Worst part of the episode. How selfish Michelle and Stephanie act. Overall, I give this episode a 9 out of 10. Which in my ratings book is awesome. Okay, so as far as, we'll get to Becky's cravings. They're not, they're not weird. They really are, I swear, what was he, I think it was the Rock the Cradle episode when I was going, or was it Double Toe? One of those, I did look up different cravings for food while pregnant. Gosh, I wonder if. It's never going to happen, of course. But if I... 
were to be, hypothetically speaking, of course, pregnant, what my cravings, would I be craving stuff I'd never even had before? Because, you know, that would, that would be weird because I can't, I'm not, no, I'm not a fan of pickles. What if that was one of my pregnancy cravings, even though I'd never had a pickle? <laughs> you see me in a pickle and I don't like them. There's something going on there. There's something that's, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, of course, before I officially get into this episode, I want to let the Tanner newbies, which are those of you that are just now turning tuning into the podcast for the first time, welcome aboard the Tanner train. So, I want to let you know that... In ways to support the podcast, if you like the podcast, and you want to support it, you can go on to Apple iTunes, <laughs> Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, search out Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chulubas Podcast will pop up. You can scroll down to leave a review. You can leave a review. You can use emojis. You can have fun with it. Tell me who your favorite character is, your least favorite character, maybe your favorite episode of either show. Also, all five-star reviews do help this podcast get noticed by other Full and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Another thing that sets this podcast apart from other Full House and Fuller House podcasts is is that is a kid-friendly, it is safe for the whole family, it's 100% clean. I wanted to, there is another clean Full House podcast called What's This Full House Podcast. That one is really good. The episodes are usually only about maybe a half hour long, so not very long. But it's still good. Run by one person. Awesome. Another thing with this podcast that sets it apart from others is... I don't go in order episode by episode, season by season. I wanted to be different. I wanted to try a theme or, you know, a series of episodes based on a character, you know, or a theme. Right now we're doing the Sisters Double Feature Part 1. Next month in September and October are going to be back to school episodes. So I'm going to be covering Nerd for a Day. Pinch for a Pinch in September. Also, Dave Coulier, has, Dave Coulier, who plays Joey Gladstone, has a birthday. And I am going to be covering Joey's Place from Season 1. Also, September 21st, not only is Dave Coulier's birthday, but it is World Alzheimer's Awareness Day. I will be covering The Volunteer from Season 5. I think that is a very good episode, and I really think that I, I want to promote awareness for Alzheimer's by covering that episode. Also, in October, I will be covering <laughs> the last two episodes of the Back to School Part 3, because I've done Parts 1 and 2 already, <laughs> I'm going to be covering Working Girl from Season 4 and <laughs> my mind is blanking. Stephanie Gets Framed from Season 4 5. Gosh, I'm blanking again. Oh my goodness. I call myself a Full House Podcast and aficionado. 
<laughs> also, Elias Harger, who plays Max Fuller on Fuller House, is also celebrating a birthday in October. So I will be covering Season 5 Basic Training, where he gets to skip a grade and goes to middle school and does have difficulty fitting in. You know, Max, with the vests, with the suits, with the bow ties, the briefcase... You know that's not going to go over so greatly with the middle school crowd. So he tries to reinvent his look. It's wearing the shorts and the t-shirt and the backwards hat. And yeah, he tries to change himself to appease the middle grade, middle school population. And it's just the family does take notice. Like, this is not the Max that we love. Why? What's going on? Like, there is a deeper issue here. And we do learn a fun fact about how DJ and Kimmy became friends. You think it was just because they lived next door to each other? Oh, no. No. Because a teacher paired them up on a field trip. And I just thought, oh, that is so sweet. But we'll get into that in October. So, yeah. Also, follow along with the podcast on the social media sites. Just go to Facebook, type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chilupas Podcast will pop up. That way you'll know what episodes I'm covering month to month. I do a different series of episodes per month. Usually January's are refer- they're reserved for Jesse. So in January of 2020, I covered Jesse and Becky a love story. In January of 2021, I covered Jesse and Becky the next chapter. This coming January is going to be called Jesse and the Girls, featuring episodes with Jesse and DJ, Jesse and Stephanie, and Jesse and Michelle. So, also on Instagram, O M H C Full House Fuller House Pod. I know it's a mouthful, <laughs> and of course, O M H C Full House on Twitter. I also have an email address for the podcast, omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I do put it in the episode description of each podcast episode, so that way if you want to reach out to me personally, talk about your Full House and Fuller House memories, favorite characters, best episodes, worst episodes, worst characters, I want to hear about it. I would love to hear about it. If you want me to share it on the podcast, I'll do that. So, yeah, send me an email. If you want to, yeah, another thing. If you have opinions about the episodes I've already covered or plan to cover and you want to get your thoughts out there for everyone to hear, I would love that. Just again, remember, this is a family-friendly, clean podcast. A family-friendly, clean podcast and just keep it clean. <laughs> All right, without further ado, let's jump into Take My Sister, Please. Oh, one other thing. Yeah, I remember, um, do you remember the movie with Daniel Day-Lincoln? I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. I saw that movie in the theater, and the scene that kept playing in my mind was when DJ was spouting off this interesting, strange but interesting fact that Stephanie and Michelle are the same age that D- that I and Stephanie were when we had to start sharing a room. And then Joey says, yeah, that is kind of crazy. You know, it's like how, you know, Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy 
And Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. And I'm just, that kept playing, I swear, it kept playing on a loop in my head that whole movie. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> I gotta say, I don't think Lincoln would have been able to handle the likes of Joey Gladstone if Joey Gladstone existed during that time. Joey definitely does seem like one who would eventually get on somebody's nerves over time with the with the with the voices with the I mean Joey can be serious there are times when he does have great advice and there are times when you've seen Joey angry and it's just like this whole other side it's like when Joey gets angry he gets angry like in Joey's place we'll we'll get to that in September all right, let's focus on Take My Sister, Please. Of course, before we get into the episode proper here, we do have the cold open. We are in Michelle's room. This is a Michelle and Jesse scene, so you know it's going to be super adorbs. Michelle screams, hurry up! Like, oh my gosh, girl, slow your roll. <laughs> Jesse comes in with a cup of water, and he talk tells Michelle about the Cassophilus way to get rid of hiccups. Don't you just hate hiccups? Aren't they the worst? Especially if they happen at night, you're trying to fall asleep. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> he Jesse says the Cassophilus way to get rid of hiccups is legendary. So he tells Michelle to flap her arms like a chicken and wiggle her eyebrows like Groucho Marx. And she is like got her eye <laughs> it's like she's trying to see her eyebrows wiggle because her eyes are like at the top of her head well jesse says actually this has nothing to do with the cure i just want to see if you're dopey enough to do it <laughs> this look at michelle's face she just kind of rolls her eyes like ugh okay like well i fell for that <laughs> so he tells her what you gotta do is take a sip of water and she takes she doesn't just take a sip. She, like, I don't know really how much water is in there, but he has to pull the cup away from her. He tells her, okay, now you have to say the magic words. Let me guess. Are the magic words, hiccups go away? Oh, no, no, no. Those magic words are, have mercy. I love it when she says, have mercy. <laughs> and, of course, after she, he's like, hey, you see that? And she hiccups. I was like, okay, what else you got? What's your plan B here, Jess? Because that's not helping. I thought there was something where there are many old tricks like holding your, taking a big, big breath and holding it. There's also someone like trying to scare you or spook you into, you know, your hiccups going away. Um, I heard standing on your head. Oh, honestly, what are the cure to get rid of hiccups? Or you just have to let it go at its own pace and eventually it will just, you know, go away. I don't know. Have you ever, and I know I've had that before, where you have hiccups one day, you go to bed with hiccups, and then you think, okay, well, the next day they'll be gone. Sure enough, the next day, they're back. They didn't leave. What? Jesse stands up, goes over to Michelle's dresser, puts the cup on top of the dresser, and says, Alright, we'll go to the New England Medical Journal. 
the New England Journal of Medicine. So he's gonna, he's gonna, because she's standing, you know, facing away from him. So I think he's gonna do the scare tactic. He's gonna do the scare technique to scare the hiccups away. So he goes and like, like, <laughs> like, grabs her waist from behind, gives a little tickle, and she turns and looks at him. Let me guess, the, the, the hiccups are still there. Oh my goodness! Michelle gets angry. She says, that wasn't very nice, and I'm telling daddy. Whoa, pumpkin. And, and Jesse's like, no, Michelle, don't do that. Just don't get me in trouble. I was just trying to help. I mean, it worked, didn't it? And she stops in the doorway and turns to look at Jesse. Uh, no, it didn't because she just hiccuped again. She walks out in the hallway. Dad! Stay cool, Michelle. Now, the Katsopolis cure for hiccups never, never fails. Now, what you gotta do is flap your arms like a chicken and wiggle your eyes like Groucho. <laughs> Actually, this has nothing to do with the cure. I was just trying to see if you were dopey enough to do it. <laughs> Look at her face. Really <laughs> Alright, now, here's the real cure. What you do is take a sip of water. Okay, now. No, no, okay. Now, what you gotta do is say the magic words. Have mercy. Have mercy. See that? All right, all right. We'll go to the cure recommended by the New England Journal of Medicine. That wasn't very nice. I'm telling Daddy. Oh, come on, Michelle. I'm just trying to help. Don't get me in trouble here. It worked, didn't it? Okay, so we come out of the intro. We are in DJ's room where DJ Kimmy and Rick, DJ's crush, are studying history. And DJ asks, okay, what do we know about Jefferson? And immediately Kimmy's like, uh, he owns a, she says, he owns a cleaning store and he's married to Wheezy. <laughs> No, not the Jeffersons. I think she's referring to Thomas Jefferson. And I love how DJ apologizes for Kimmy to Rick. Like, don't don't listen to Kimmy. She's got a seat reserved in summer school. <laughs> oh, Kimmy, you she's not subtle at all. She's like, so Rick, are you uh, free this weekend? I know DJ's free this weekend. Kimmy's like, <laughs> DJ says, oh, she's Kimmy, really subtle. And Rick says, well, I don't have any plans, but they're opening a new roller coaster at Thrill Mountain. What's it? What is it? So there's a Thrill Mountain. There's also a Happy Mountain from the Long Goodbye episode, I remember. Yeah, Joey says they're opening a new ride or something at Happy Mountain or something to that effect. And then I'm trying to remember where Jackson and Ramona go. I thought that was also like Thrill Mountain or something. I'm not sure. The ride is called The Squirminator. In my mind, I just picture a ride like going around a, a bat the curb or whatever or a loop and someone all of a sudden just someone throws a bucket of bugs on people, the squirminator. That's a gross image. And DJ says, oh, well, that's this weekend when we're both free. And Kimmy says, yeah, that's not obvious. And she rolls her eyes. 
And Rick is about to ask DJ, like, oh, well, I was thinking maybe you and I can. And here comes Stephanie. Ugh. She has to come in at this exact precise moment. Yeah, and she starts saying, hey, you must be the Rickmeister, Rickarama. Rickshaw man, Ricky Ticky Tavi. Anyone else remember Ricky Ticky Tavi? From um, their cartoons I remember watching in second grade, and I was able to find them on DVD. They have, let me, let me go grab that. Yeah, these are cartoons from like the 60s and 70s. There is, let's see, there's Ricky Ticky Tabby, there's Yankee Doodle Cricket, the White Seal is the one I remember in second grade. That one, that one freaked me out. <laughs> Uh, Ricky Ticky Tavi, also remember that one. Mowgli's Brothers is another one that I remember. And then there's A Very Merry Cricket, which is off of a cricket. Yeah, A Cricket in Times Square. There's the other one, then A Very Merry Cricket. So, yeah, this is just the Chuck Jones collection. I think it was like maybe under 20 bucks, which I haven't watched them yet. It's. I think they have them on YouTube also, but I just thought, like, oh, I'll get the whole collection. I think Stephanie is going to get the worst outfit award right now. She is in the running. She's got some... The top is, like, fuchsia. I don't know if it's a dress of sorts or something. Like, a dress, like, shirt. And then it's, like, on the bottom, it's, like, on one side it's green, and then the other side it's orange. But it's got these weird, like, diamond, like sparkly thing. It's just, it's really gaudy looking. And DJ breaks up with, my uh, annoying sister was just leaving. And Stephanie says, no, your adorable sister was just making herself comfortable. And she pulls up a chair. I'd be like, okay, so let's all just say Stephanie's going to get payback later on in the Driving Miss DJ episode when Stephanie's one friend, Rita, comes over, and Michelle comes in with the, uh, and the whole thing about the hairy, scary monster. So that's going to come back to bite Stephanie in the butt later. Much, much later. Actually, honestly, I think it's this season. It is this season. It's episode 20, so it's like 17 episodes from now. Stephanie's going to get the same treatment via Michelle because they'd be sharing a room. That would irritate the heck out of me. She just pulls up a chair and just starts yammering. I'm like, sweetie, you can see they got their books out. They're doing homework. You need to make yourself scarce. The house is big enough. There are other people. Go find Joey and annoy him. Or better yet, find Michelle and annoy her. Come on, Steph. Then she starts putting her feet up on the table, and you see Kimmy just rolling her eyes, looking at DJ like, you're going to get your sister out of here. She's ruining everything. So DJ and Kimmy take it upon themselves to forcibly remove Stephanie from the room, chair and all, as they lift Stephanie's chair up and carry it out of the room into the hallway. And Stephanie's like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, a moment, please, as they put her out in the hallway. And as Kimmy and DJ go back into the room, 
Stephanie's like, oh, can we talk? And Stephanie says, how? And then they slam the door and she says, rude! It's like, no, sweetie, you're the one who's being rude. You're interrupting their study session. There should be a rule. If DJ is entertaining her friends in her room, then Stephanie should be able to find something else to do for the time being. But I definitely agree with DJ in this episode. She, honestly, she's almost 15. She needs her own room. So, DJ luckily brings Rick back up to speed. Like, oh, Rick, what, you were going to ask me something? Here comes Stephanie again. With the, the door was shut. She's like, you nutty teenagers are always up to something. She And Stephanie's like, she's making a big production. She seems to be very overly irritating and loud. He's like, you nutty teenagers are always up to something. Like, you're always trying to keep me out of my own room. She pushes Stephanie over, like, go sit on your bed. And DJ brings up Thrill Mountain. Like, yeah, we were just talking about Thrill Mountain. And, of course, here comes Stephanie again. Thrill Mountain? I love Thrill Mountain. Hey, DJ, remember that time we were on that ride and you had a bunch of corn dogs before and you, like, threw up all over the ride? Yeah, Stephanie says, hey, DJ, remember the time that you threw up on the wild weasel? And DJ's like, no, I don't. Yeah, DJ says, no, like, Stephanie, shut up right now. And Stephanie's like, how could you forget? We were picking out on corn dogs, and they had to hose the ride down. They had to shut the ride down and hose it down for 30 minutes. And, of course, Rick hears us like, oh, well, looks like you're not ready. I don't think you can handle the squirminator. Yeah, he, he makes a quick exit. Like, I gotta go. I'll see you guys in school tomorrow. Yeah, mmm. Yeah, she, and then Stephanie's like, bye, Rick Monster, Rick Atoni, Dickory Dickory Duck. Someone whoever wrote these lines, like, had to come up with a bunch of these names for the name Rick. Now that Rick's gone, DJ lays into Stephanie says, Stephanie, you ruined everything. Rick was just about to ask me out. And Stephanie is just oblivious. Maybe he'll ask you out tomorrow. And DJ says, yeah. By tomorrow, he'll find someone else who can hold their corn dogs on the squirminator. Yeah, she's like, yeah, by tomorrow, he'll find someone who can hold their corn dogs. They'll fall madly in love and all wind up desperate and alone. And Stephanie comes over, pats DJ on the back of her shoulder and says, you won't, you'll never be alone. You'll always have me. And DJ looks at Stephanie and says, I don't want you. You are always in my way. Yeah, and DJ says, matter-of-factly, I am getting my own room, and you, little sister, are history. Now they're doing it. She's doing this with DJ's name. Come on, the Dijonizer. The Dijon Mustard. Oh, my goodness. That chair is still in the hallway. Someone's going to trip over that thing. I mean, I get it. That hallway is, like, humongous, but still. I would trip into that chair because... Yeah, I'm me, and I don't uh, tend to look up very often when I, when I walk. That's just I am getting better at that. Is trying to like walk with my head up. It's just from years of you know lack of self confidence and everything. I tend to look at the floor when I walk, and that leads to um, 
problems. Trip over my own feet. Stuff like that. Bump into stuff. Don't have the best coordination. Okay, chapter six. What do we know about Jefferson? He owns a cleaning store and he's married to Wheezy. <laughs> Don't mind Kimmy. She has a seat reserved in summer school. So, Rick, are you free this weekend? I know. DJ's free this weekend. Very subtle, Kimmy. Well, uh, I don't have any plans. But hey, you know, they're opening a new roller coaster on Saturday night at Thrill Mountain. The Squirminator. <laughs> well, that's this weekend, when we're both free. Yeah, that's not obvious. <laughs> you know, uh, I was thinking that maybe you and I could... Hey, you must be Rick! The Rickmeister! Rickarama! The Rickshaw Man! Ricky Tiki Tabby! Um, my annoying little sister was just leaving. No! There, stop. Dang, you're annoying. Uh, hey, wait a minute. Uh, a moment, please. Can we talk? J just a. How? Rude! So, Rick, where were we? You nutty teenagers are always goofing around. Get out, Steph. <laughs> yeah, she's being loud and obnoxious. So in the next scene, we are downstairs in the kitchen. It looks like Becky is getting drinks set up. She's got a picture of could be lemonade. And she's got a, like a serving tray and all these cups because they're going to be hosting the Lama. They're going to be doing the Lamas class at the Tanner house. And Becky sent... Jesse out to get the provisions, the chips, and all that fun stuff. He's got three grocery bags, you know, the paper bags, filled with chips. So, you know, he comes in, kisses her, asks how the little twinsters are doing as he rubs her belly, and she's like, oh yeah, they're doing fine. So she asks, you know, what'd you get me? He's like, just what you asked for. Salt and vinegar potato chips, which I I love salt and vinegar potato chips, Pringles, pork rinds, what? So so good. Actually, speaking of pork rinds, uh, or pork cracklins, there's a a lot of gas stations down here called Racetrack, and one of them in particular does have, I believe, the brand is called Epic. 
like pork rinds, pork cracklins, but it's the maple bacon seasoning flavor, and it's so, so good. So, apparently, Becky's food cravings due to the twins wanting different things, maybe one wanted salt and vinegar, now the other one wants, she's like, oh, is this what I asked for? Because I really have a craving for garlic and cheddar chips. Is that a thing? Apparently, I mean, unless, uh, just find some garlic chips and some cheddar cheese chips and just put them in a, eat one of each at the same time and boom, there's your chip. <laughs> but, I mean, she's carrying twins, so maybe one wanted the salt and vinegar, the other one wants the garlic and cheddar. It seems like when, yeah, when he left to go get chips, <laughs> She wanted one thing and now she's got a craving for something else. The way that Jesse pulls back and he's like, mmm, I said, that sounds gross. Like, garlic and cheddar? I wouldn't mind it. And Jesse's like, well, you know, I figured you probably would have changed your mind because, you know, you paged me for the second time while I was at the market. Because, you know, before cell phones, I guess, if you needed something, you paged somebody. And it just seems like, I thought, like, back in the day, back in the day, I thought pagers were mainly for, like, doctors or reporters or something. Like, Vicky always has a pager because she's a news reporter. The news is always changing. But I remember in my high school a couple guys having pagers. Or maybe even some girls had pagers, too, and I'm just thinking. And they don't, you know, the girls were like, oh, my boyfriend just sent me a a page, it's got heart, whatever, blah, I love you, blah, 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 hearts and kisses, hugs and kisses, I don't know, but <laughs> I never owned a pager. Now, Jesse empties out three bags, three grocery bags of chips onto the counter. He says, I got every chip known to man. No, he did not. He got original. He probably, the green ones are probably sour cream and onion, and I'm guessing that the red one's got to be either barbecue or, like, yeah, I'm just going to say barbecue. Jesse calls it the pregnancy variety pack. Do they even have enough cupboards to store all that stuff? Oh, you know what you do? You get a tote, you, you put a couple bags in the cupboard, and then you put the rest in a tote and just, you replenish as you go through them, I guess. And Becky says, oh, honey, you're so papa. You, you know, you, you didn't get any with ridges. Did you get any with ridges? And Jesse doesn't get it. You know, what? what's the deal with ridges? I mean, you just, it looks like a potato chip that needs to be ironed. And Becky says, you know, those ridges pick up a lot more bean dip. And Jesse, oh, crap. I forgot the bean dip. And she's like, oh, honey, don't, 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 don't worry about it. You know, you can go for it after class. Those chips don't even have flavors. They say, it says chips on the top of the bag in red font with uh, white. And then in the yellow, it just says in red font potato chip. So who knows what flavor. It's a mystery flavor. It's a mystery flavor. Oh, the green ones do say sour cream and onion. What do the red ones say? Yeah, she says, honey, those ridges help you scoop up a lot more bean dip. And Jesse, his eyes get so wide. Oh, no, the bean dip. I, I forgot. He goes to the door. She's like, honey, don't don't worry. It doesn't matter. We have to set up for our chi childbirth class. And, <laughs> and 
and Jesse starts walking towards the living room. She's like, hey, guess what? You can go shopping for bean dip after class. He's like, oh, goody. Hey, sweetheart. change your mind, especially after the second time you paged me at the market. So I got every chip, every chip known to man. It's the pregnancy variety pack. Oh, honey, I don't know, I had to inspect so these chips. You like, didn't have to think. get any with ridges, did you? Yeah, so much for a variety pack. What's the big deal about ridges? It's like, it's like a potato chip that needs to be ironed. Honey, those ridges help you scoop up a lot more bean dip. Oh, no, the bean dip. I forgot. Oh, sweetie, you know what? That's okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, we have to set up for our childbirth class right now. Right. You can shop for bean dip after class is over. Oh, goody. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Not. Whoa, a million billion chickens. Oh, the Robin's Hard Barbecue. Michelle comes down to the kitchen. Of course, there's no one in there. And she sees all these chips covering the top of the kitchen table. And she says, wow, a million billion chips and nobody in the kitchen? And she rushes over to them, climbs into the chair, and starts pulling on the top of the bag, which luckily for Jesse and Becky, the chips appear to be kid-proof because she can't open them. And you know those chips are pretty much like 80% air, 20% chips. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it is. So now we move to the living room where Becky is telling Jesse we got to move all the furniture back so that way they have room for all the lady, pregnant ladies that are going to be coming over for Lamas class. And here comes Joey and Danny coming down the stairs like, hey, see you, we're out of here. They're going to a Warriors game. And as soon as they go to open the front door, who happens to show up but Lisa, the child, Becky and Jesse's childbirth coach. And Becky tells the guys before they open the door and Lisa shows up, you guys are welcome to stay for childbirth class. I mean, it's really interesting. And I'm just kind of thinking... Over the course of the birth of DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle, did Pam do childbirth class, especially with, you know, first being pregnant with DJ? And if so, did Danny go with her? I don't know. I'm kind of curious. And I love how Danny kind of plays it off like, oh, well, we'd love to, Becky, as he whips out the Warriors tickets. But we have tickets to a Warriors game. And Joey pops up. <laughs> yep, them's the breaks. You ready, buddy? And Danny says, let's go, pal. And then they open the door, and here comes Lisa. Lisa is a beautiful brunette. She's wearing a white top with a blue long-sleeve shirt button-up with... It looks like the red shirt kind of goes with the red pants kind of combo. Becky introduces them. Like, guys, this is Lisa Green. She teaches her childbirth class. So Danny goes and shakes Lisa's hand and says, Hi, I'm Danny Tanner, your eager student. He pulls the ticket out of his pocket, says, 
Enjoy the game, Joey. And Joey takes the ticket, gives it back to Danny as he says, Hi, Joey Gladstone, ex-Warriors fan. <laughs> of course, Lisa's <laughs> like chuckling. She finds this cute two guys vying for her attention. And I love how Lisa's flight, like, well, nice to meet you both, but in order to join our class, one of you has to be pregnant. And Joey, of course, rubbing his stomach, says, well, I have been retaining a lot of water lately. <laughs> so this is interesting. It's almost like a foreshadowing as Danny says, well, I'm just, you know, there in case, uh, Jesse passes out during uh, childbirth and Becky needs a backup coach, which is interesting because Jesse ends up, I mean, you know, his appendix taken out and Danny does become a backup coach for, for Jesse to help Becky, which, yeah, <laughs> I just think that it's just funny foreshadowing. Now, whether or not, as they're writing the script, if they already kind of knew that Danny would be taking the place of Jesse at this point, but I just I think it's hilarious foreshadowing for what's to what's to come. Give me a break, Joey. Danny's been through this three times. Because Joey's like, and I'll be there to back up Danny, back up when Danny passes out. Uh huh. He's had three kids with his wife, so I could pretty sure Danny has seen stuff that. Joey would never see at this time. She says, okay, well, you're both welcome to stay and observe. And Danny says, oh, that's great because I have a lot of questions about childbirth. Like, um, are you and your husband planning any children? Way to be subtle, Danny. He doesn't even jump to the fact, like, are you seeing anybody? He says, oh, are you and your husband planning children? So in a way, it's almost like just making sure she's not attached with anyone else. And she says, well, I'm not actually, I am not married. <laughs> no, she says, actually, I'm single. And here comes Joey pushing himself in front of Danny saying, oh, what a coincidence. So am I. See, that, ugh. Really garbage Daffy Duck impression. <laughs> but, and of course, she she right away knows her cartoon. She's like, <laughs> Daffy Duck! And Danny says, no, he just spits when he talks. <laughs> and I love Jesse kind of watching this go down. He's like, yeah, it's going to be a tough choice. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, walks away as he's setting stuff off. Like, oh, yeah, I feel for you. You got a tough choice here. I'm thinking, yeah, between Danny and Joey. <laughs> and then DJ. So DJ comes down the stairs with some large... I don't even know what you would even call these. They're like big, like card things that would go on an easel, like a, during a presentation and stuff like that. I don't know what you refer to them as. But she says, Dad, Joey, Uncle Jesse, can I please see you in the kitchen? Really, Danny? He says, Oh, honey, I'm really busy right now. Is it really, is it important? I'm like, okay, she 
pretty much looks like she's leaning towards the Joey side of things. <laughs> she didn't flat out reject Danny, but... Or Lisa didn't. And DJ says, Dad, this is my biggest crisis this week. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay, we'll, uh, we'll be right there. Becky, but darn our luck, we're stuck with these two tickets to the Warriors game. Yeah, those are the breaks. Let's roll, buddy. Okay, pal. Hi. Oh, who's this lady? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Guys, this is Lisa Green. She teaches our childbirth class. Hi, Lisa. I'm Danny Tanner, your eager student. Let's enjoy the game, Joey. Hi, I'm Joey Gladstone, ex-Warriors fan. <laughs> Nice meeting you both, but in order to join our class, one of you has to be pregnant. Well, I have been retaining an awful lot of water lately. <laughs> it's funny. Actually, I'm just uh, taking the class in case Jesse passes out in the delivery room and Becky needs a backup coach. Then I'll be there to back up Danny when he passes out. <laughs> well, okay, you're welcome to stay and observe. That's well, great, he does own the house, so... Like, uh, for instance, uh, are you and your husband planning any children? Actually, I'm single. Well, what a coincidence! <laughs> oh, am I? Daffy Duck! No, he just spits when he talks. <laughs> be a tough choice for you. <laughs> Jesse! So as Danny, Jesse, and Joey and DJ all head into the kitchen, we see Michelle on one end of the potato chip bag and Comet on the other. And he's pulling in one direction. She's pulling in the other direction, in the opposite direction. I'm just thinking, Michelle's lucky, like, Comet didn't pull so hard on that bag of chips that she lost her balance and fell backwards. Because, yeah, at this point in Season 5, Comet, I mean, well, even in Season 4, Comet was a full-grown dog. You know, he's about a year old. So, he, and Michelle only being, like, four, <laughs> I can see, I mean, if Comet, and Comet's walking backwards and Michelle's walking, you know, pulling in the, kind of like a tug of war, well, even though he's helping her. It's like he could have yanked hard enough on that bag that she could have lost her balance and fallen backwards. So, yeah, because he keeps pulling on the bag. Oh, he's pulling on the top of the bag and she's holding the bottom. And he's pulling on the bag and, like, kind of pulling her back with the bag. Danny comes in and says, Michelle, did you take these potato chips without asking? She, instead of answering, looks at Comet and says, I told you we'd get in trouble. So yeah, let's throw the blame on the Comet. The innocent bystander that just happened to be there. Comet hightails it out of here. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Don't ask me to help you ever again, Michelle. So DJ sets up her presentation boards on the plastic glass so the plastic bin is is red the glass bin is green on the very bottom and then the blue one is probably for i can't tell what the light blue one on top 
is for. So DJ draws the attention back on her. She's excuse me, I'd like your attention for my presentation here entitled My Own Bedroom. Together we can make it happen. Mm, crafty title, I like that. Which it's interesting because just two seasons ago in season three divorce court during this halloweenish episode i did cover it for the podcast dj wants her own room and at that point in time danny says i believe that michelle is still too young to have a roommate and dj starts off with the first point but before she can get going with that here comes stephanie coming down the steps into the kitchen hey don't listen to her and dj says Thank you, Stephanie. You just illustrated my first point. And we see the next card, Interruptions. We have DJ talking on her phone, listening to music in her room. Oh, that's supposed to be her bed, like the pillows with the shapes on it. Oh, okay. And you just see a hand-drawn figure of Stephanie inside the door. She should have drawn, like, a little bubble around, you know, like a little, uh, word bubble like you see in, you know, the Peanuts comics and Garfield and stuff like that to illustrate, you know, you know, the talking, the interrupting. And DJ says, I cannot talk on the phone, do my homework, or entertain my friends without her. And of course, Stephanie says, that's ridiculous. I do not. And then Danny cuts Stephanie off and says, Steph, just hold it. Yeah, he says, let's hear what DJ has to say, and then you'll get your chance to interrupt. And Stephanie says, that's all I ask. And Joey, the look on Joey's face, he just looks extremely irritated with Stephanie. It's like he's glowering down at her. I can already feel what DJ's feeling right now with Stephanie here. Yeah. Then you'll get your chance to interrupt. And it takes the next board here that says two different worlds. DJ goes to high school, the land of maturity, in quotes. <laughs> I don't know about that. And Stephanie and Michelle are in elementary school, as she refers to as Tiny Town. And she says... Now, Stephanie and Michelle share a school, so they should share a room. And then she starts the next card, which says, Strange but True Facts. <laughs> she says, Michelle and Stephanie are the same age as Stephanie and I were when we first started sharing a room. Isn't that amazing? And this is where we get Joey's... <laughs> Yeah, at the beginning when DJ and Stephanie were sharing a room, they both did go to the same school. Because DJ didn't start junior high until season three, back to school blue, she started seventh grade. So my guess, yeah, first season would have been fifth grade, then second season would have been sixth grade for DJ. So, of course, Stephanie is going to balk at this, saying... I object. I happen to be in fourth grade and have nothing in common with a kindergarten baby. Michelle 
of course, takes offense to this. Who are you calling a baby, baby? And DJ, of course, like, children, please. To bring up my next point, strange but true facts. Yeah, and this is where she's, yeah, like I said, this is where DJ says, Michelle and Stephanie are the same age that Stephanie and I were when we first started sharing a room. She says, isn't that amazing? And Joey says, that is amazing. That's like the thing where Lincoln, or Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln, and Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. It's just the look that Jesse and Danny give Joey, like, what planet are you from? After Joey says that, he kind of looks around and hopes for, like, agreement. Like, yeah, yeah, that is interesting. But no, Jesse says, I think what's amazing is the fact that you can dress yourself each morning. <laughs> I love how Danny is, like, he's chuckling on the inside. Can you see this little hint of, like, a laughing smile? Like, he's holding it in. But then you see, like, his eyes kind of reflect, like, yeah, that is... That is amazing. <laughs> I can't just sound like Joey. And DJ says, in conclusion, I've paid my dues and I deserve my own room. My goodness, DJ. She says, if there's any justice in this world, you'll set me free. Then she concludes, gentlemen, I thank you. Danny says, okay. Turns to Steph and asks, Steph, do you have a rebuttal? And somebody says, no, but you should hear my side of this. She is like praying, begging, please don't make me live with a kindergarten baby. So she really does not have an argument here. As in all it's all like, I just don't want to live with Michelle because she's too young. She's too little. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle says, I'm not a baby. I'm four and three quarters. Okay, Steph, you need to stop attacking Michelle. And she says, you're still a little shrimp. And you really think that she's gonna want to live with you after you calling her names? Oh, we get a throwback. We get a throwback to <laughs> no more Mr. Dumb Guy. As Michelle says, stop calling me names, you cheesehead. Cheesehead, yes! When uh, DJ and Stephanie were whispering into Michelle's ear and she was calling everybody Cheesehead. I mean, she called uh, Cynthia Ryan Cheesehead. She called Uncle Jesse Cheesehead. So Danny puts this out like, okay, that's enough, you two. Look, just give us guys a second and we're going to talk this over. So... The guys are, you know, in a huddle, and then Joey pulls his head out, like, hey, can I see chart number two? And Jesse, like, poke, get on here. And they they break, and Danny says, okay, we've come to a decision. And DJ is like, Dad, that's totally unfair. And he, he says, you haven't even heard what I had to say yet. And she says, oh, sorry. <laughs> Just an old habit. <laughs> and it turns out Danny says, we actually agree with you. And Danny says, starting this weekend, Michelle's going to move in with Stephanie, and Deej, you're going to get your own room. And she is so excited. Like, Finally, my own room. I'm going to go and call Kimmy. Or no, she actually goes over to tell Kimmy, since, you know, Kimmy lives right next door. And DJ is like, oh, finally, my own room. I have to go tell Kimmy. And she goes down the line and kisses Jesse on the cheek, then her dad, then Joey. 
And then she pats him, uh, Stephanie on the head and says, Nice knowing you, kid. Bye. <laughs> Becky comes in and says, Hey, guys, Lisa needs some help setting up. Any volunteers? And Joey taps Danny on the shoulders, uh, Danny, and, like, points to some direction off of the stairs in the kitchen. And Danny looks, and Joey's like, okay, well, I'll go. <laughs> and Jesse, like, kind of is like, what are you waiting for? Go after him. <laughs> go help. And here we go with Becky. Another want, another need. She says, honey, I'm a little chilly. Could you get my wool socks from up in the attic in the crawl space? He's like, yeah, I mean, our stuff's all in the crawl space. It's all dirty and, you know, cobwebby and stuff. And she's like, oh, thank you, honey. Thank you so much for understanding. The demands are just, I guess, I mean, she doesn't have, I mean, wool socks, I mean, I don't know. This is clearly fall because Double Trouble was just two episodes ago. And there, so it's September at this point. September, October. I'm going to say maybe the twins were originally going to be due sometime in December. So maybe they don't have like slippers out. But it's like, honey, can you get my wool socks? That's something I would just keep in a drawer on hand instead of just packing it away. Especially once it gets. When it gets to be fall, you more than likely are like, okay, time to take out my tank tops, put them away, and then get, you know, my flat, my hoodies, long sleeve shirts, stuff like, probably even put the shorts away, and stuff like that. But then again, sometimes they do have Indian summer in September where it's unusually warm, so you don't want to put everything away. But, you know, with the... Excitement of fall and just hoodie hoodie weather. It's hoodie weather. Wait a minute, is she walking around barefoot? No wonder you're chilly. Your feet are probably cold. I thought when she meant I'm chilly, like can you get me a sweater or something to that effect? Yeah, and the way that he says, honey, all our winter stuff's in the crawl space. You wanna have to crawl up there and get all dirty? And she's like, Oh, thank you so much, honey. And she says, Thank you, honey. He's like no problem. <laughs> she turns to go back into the living room, and he's like, just two more months, just two more months. How late does a person who's pregnant have those food cravings? Does it go throughout the entire pregnancy? And Stephanie turns to Michelle and is like, okay, Michelle, I guess it's just you and me. And of course, if I were Michelle, I'd say the same thing. I don't want to live with you. And Stephanie is surprised. She says, why not? You look up to me. And Michelle says, that's because I'm short. Like, I look up to everybody. I'm short. <laughs> and Stephanie, it's like she's forgotten all the stuff she just said to Michelle about, oh, you're a kindergarten baby. You're a little shrimp. She's like, we get to be roommates, Michelle. This should be the happiest day of your life. And Michelle says, read my lips. <laughs> And she goes upstairs and Stephanie sulks at the kitchen table and says, great, now no one wants to live with me. Sweetie, I gotta say, Steph, you kind of did bring this on yourself with your attitude. Dad, Uncle Jesse, Joey, may I please see you guys in the kitchen? Actually, I'm kind of busy, honey. Is it really important? Dad, this is my biggest crisis this week. Okay, we're coming. 
Excuse us. Pull it open, Comet. He's a doggy poop, too. He doesn't pull her off her feet. Did you take these potato chips without asking? I told you we would get in trouble. Yeah, let's blame Comet. Excuse me, if I may have your attention, I'd like to make a very important presentation entitled My Own Room. Together, we can make it happen. The first point I'd like to make is that Stephanie... Don't listen to her! Yep. Thank you, Stephanie. You've just illustrated my first point. Interruptions. I cannot talk on the phone, do my homework, or entertain my friends without That's her... ridiculous! I do not! Steph, let's hear what DJ has to say, and then you'll get your chance to interrupt. <laughs> All I ask. Moving on to my next point. Two different worlds. I go to high school, land of maturity. Uh. Stephanie and Michelle go to elementary school, tiny town. <laughs> now, if they share a school, they should share a room. I object. I happen to be in fourth grade and have nothing in common with a kindergarten baby like Michelle, who I call it a baby baby. <laughs> Children, please. To bring up my next point, strange but true facts. Stephanie and Michelle are the exact same age as Stephanie and I were when we started sharing a room. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. It's like the thing where Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln, and Lincoln <laughs> had a secretary named Kennedy. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going. What's amazing is you're able to dress yourself every morning. <laughs> In conclusion, I've paid my dues, and I deserve my own room. If there's any justice in this world, then you'll set me free. Gentlemen, I thank you. Okay. Steph, do you have a rebuttal? No, but you should hear my side of this. <laughs> Please don't make me live with a four-year-old baby. I'm not a baby. I'm four and three quarters. You're still a little shrimp. Stop calling me names, you cheathead. Okay, that's enough, you two. Just give us guys a second, and we're going to talk this over. Can I see chart number two again? <laughs> okay, we've come to a decision. Dad, that's so unfair. You haven't even heard what I have to say yet. Sorry, just a habit. <laughs> it just so happens that uh, we agree with you. You do? You do? Starting this weekend... Michelle is going to move in with Stephanie. And DJ, you're going to get your own room. Finally, my own room. I have to go tell Kate. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hey, guys. Lisa needs some help setting up. <laughs> Any volunteers? Danny? <laughs> Honey, hmm? I'm a little chilly. Could you get my wool socks? Sweetheart, all our winter stuff is up in the crawl space. We have to crawl up there and get all dirty and... Thank you, sweetheart. Mom, <laughs> darling. <laughs> Two more months. I'm so few seven months long. Okay. Well, Michelle, I guess it's just you and me. I don't want to live with you. Why not? You look up to me. That's because I'm short. <laughs> Michelle, we're going to be roommates. This should be the happiest day of your life. Read my lips. <laughs> Nobody wants to live with me. 
Well, Steph, yourself. So now we go upstairs to DJ and Stephanie's room, soon to be Stephanie and Michelle's room. And Stephanie's packing a suitcase. And she says, Comma, you don't know what it's like to have everyone against you. And then Stephanie goes over to the car out closet and starts pulling out clothes and says, Oh, that's right. Um, because she actually saw it shares closet space with DJ. Because there's a blazer in there. I'm like, Stephanie wouldn't wear a blazer. But she says, if DJ and Michelle don't want to live with me, then I'll just have to find a place of my own. And Comet barks at her. And she says, well, thanks for the offer, Comet, but I think it'd be a little too crowded in your doghouse. I thought he usually sleeps in, like, the laundry room or something. And it's such a sweet scene as she sits next to Comet on her bed and she, you know, leans her head against the back of his head on his neck. It's like, aww. And you can clearly tell that the dog who plays Comet is reacting to a trainer. And it looks like he had a treat or something because it looks like right around his muzzle just below his nose it looks like there's like foam like he had a treat and he'd, he'd been eating it or something because there's like a little bit of foam around <laughs> i know too much detail comment you don't know what it's like to have everyone against you well dj and michelle don't want to live with me i'll just find a place of my own thanks for the offer but it might be a little crowded in your doghouse <laughs> All right, so now we're in the living room during Becky's childbirth class, or Lama's class, and there are five other couples here, t six total if you count Jesse and Becky, and they're just going through their breathing exercises as Lisa goes down the line of couples, just saying, breathe in, breathe out. And, of course, Danny's got his watch he's looking at because he's timing them as Joey is mimicking breathing in and then breathing out. So now Lisa moves on to focus objects, which I believe that is what the women center on. They focus their mind on a particular object to hopefully take their mind off of the pain that they're going through. Um, really, apparently this is what the mothers are going to be focusing on during labor. Um, I did not see Becky's focus object while she was going through labor and pushing out Nikki and Alex, because she actually pushed them out. She did not have, um, a C-section, so. Jesse, he pulls out a Ken Barbie doll-sized version of... Elvis in a white jumpsuit. And, of course, Becky just rolls her eyes and says, Jeff, when you're in labor and giving birth, you can focus on the king. Jesse pulls out a giant drumstick. It's humongous. It looks like they picked it up from a butcher shop. It doesn't... <laughs> And we see a couple behind them. It looks like they're either looking at a family picture or a drawing that one of their kids did. I can only see the back of it. 
Or they could be focusing on a magic eye painting thing. Not a painting. A, you know, those. I tried that, uh, I believe, in like second or third grade. And I finally had to give up and just say, oh, yeah, I see it. Uh -huh. And then the teacher says, well, what is it? Uh, I don't know. I focus too dang. I couldn't. I guess I just. You gotta have that mindset, I guess. But then again, I can see, you know, images of things and who, who out there can't, I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't know. Moving on. Images in the clouds. And Lisa stands up at the front door just on the, in, um, the doorstep there and says, all right, our last exercise is going to be exhaling, breathing out breathing with our focus objects so danny turns to joy says all right give it a try breathe in joy breathe in breathe out and then danny turns joey around so he's facing the direction of the kitchen door and danny figures well this is my shot to go and ask lisa out so Danny right away is like, if I seem kind of advanced, it's because I've already been through four births, my own and my three daughters. And Danny goes on to say, as Joey comes up here to jump into the conversation, Danny says, you know, seeing my three girls being born was the most beautiful thing in my life. And of course, Joey has to chime in with, yeah, I mean, when Wilma gave birth to... Pebbles, I mean, I cried for a week. That had to honestly be one of those big, like, you know how they play those big episodes of shows? Like, they wait for the big, big ones during, what is it, either February or May, which are, what do they call it, like, Sweeps Month or Sweeps Week or something where they want to hit the ratings so they hit the, with these really powerhouse pack-the-punch type of episodes? Yeah, and Joey's like, tell me about it. When Fred and Wilma had Pebbles, I cried for a week. And, of course, Joey proceeds to <laughs> impersonate Fred Flintstone. Yabba-dabba-doo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, right, Lisa is attracted to the voices that Joey... That's what... That's his hook. That's what brings in the ladies, is the voices. Me, on the other hand, no. I mm, That is something I would like. It's okay once in a while, but if you're constantly doing it, that is really going to grate on my nerves. So clearly, Danny, <laughs> he throws out one last, like, attempt. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I do voices, too. Stop chasing me, you mean cat. And she's like, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, who is that? <laughs> I, it's almost like she's being polite as she says it. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, who was that? <laughs> oh, man. Because he's like, yeah, I do two voices, too. <laughs> and he says, yeah, it, it was Tom, the little mouse, you know, from Tom and Jerry. Joey behind Danny is just literally rolling his eyes to the heavens like, oh, please, Danny. <laughs> yeah, Joey says so matter-of-factly. Jerry was the mouse, Tom was the cat, and neither one of them ever talked. Like, dude, get your cartoons straight. You need to bone up on your Tom and Jerry. 
And throw in Tom and Jerry's kid kids too, because that one that that was a good one too. Danny, Danny is just he will uh, he just he <laughs> kind of plague layers at Joey and just says get a life. But Lisa actually supports Joey here by saying no, Joey's right. Yeah, she says yeah, Joey's right. Jerry's the mouse who doesn't talk at all, but Mickey Mouse. He talks all the time on any subject. Well, you know what? It sounds like Mickey Mouse and Danny Tanner should get together and just talk, 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 talk. Because you know how Danny loves to talk, 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 ramble, 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 on and on and on forever. So here we go with Joey. He has found his cartoon aficionado in Lisa. And he brings up one of the biggest, uh... What's the word? Uh, type of thing. It, it's a question that baffles everybody that sees how. Yeah, exactly. Take Goofy. Take Pluto. He's a dog, right? Wears a dog collar. Lives in a dog house. Goofy, of course, also a dog. Wears a hat. Drives a car. Where's the logic in that? That seriously has been a question that has stumped. <laughs> This stumped people for you. I, I want to play this little clip real quick from Stand By Me where the boys are around the campfire in the woods at night and they're talking about what exactly is Goofy. I don't even go so far as to call this whole Goofy Pluto. Is Goofy a dog? Is he not a dog? Like, would you call that a conspiracy? Would you refer that to that as a conspiracy theory? Joey says, Goofy, also a dog, wears a hat, drives a car, plays golf, and lives in a condo. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And Lisa says, see, that is exactly what I was talking about. And Danny, I love how he, like, looks at Joey and then looks at Lisa and back to Joey and then back to Lisa and says, you know what? You two are actually perfect for each other. I'm sorry I tried to pick you up. Danny excuses himself, like, I'll be right over here. I love how immediately Joey calls her Lise. Says, hey, Lise, would you like to go out for pizza sometime? And she's like, yeah, I would love to go out with you, just as soon as class is over. She looks at everybody, class is over. <laughs> Joey throws up his hands, like, okay, cool. <laughs> in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Cleansing breath. <laughs> okay, let's all take out our focus objects. Remember, this is what the mothers will be concentrating on during labor. Bingo, babe. Focus on the king. <laughs> Jess, yeah? when you give birth, you focus on the king. All right. Better? Much. <laughs> Our last exercise will be deep breathing with our focus objects. Okay, try it again. Breathe in. Breathe out. Okay, keep going. Hi there. Hi. You know, uh, if I seem a little advanced, it's because I've already been through four births. My three daughters and, of course, my own. 
You know, seeing my three girls being born was the most beautiful experience of my life. Yeah, tell me about it. When Fred and Wilma had pebbles, I cried for a week. I love those voices you do. You know, uh, I do a few cartoon voices myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, stop chasing me, you mean cat. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> like, whatever. So polite. You know, little mouse from Tom and Jerry. Tom was a cat, <laughs> Jerry was the mouse, and neither one of them ever talked. Like, you are such a dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Jerry is a mouse that never talks. But what is fascinating is that Mickey, he's also a mouse, and he can just talk for hours on any subject. Yeah, yeah, just like, like Pluto, for instance. I mean, this guy's a dog, he wears a dog collar, and lives in a dog house. Yet Goofy, who's also a dog, drives a car, plays golf, and lives in a condo. <laughs> that is exactly what I was talking about. You know what? You two are actually perfect for each other. I'm sorry I tried to pick you up. I'll be uh, right over here. <laughs> Lise, would you like to go out for pizza sometime? I'd love to go out with you. Just as soon as class is over. So now we move into the kitchen because it's snack time. Well, it's snack time for the soon-to-be mamas. The soon-to-be dads, however, I mean, because Jesse sets out several, it looks like bowls of chips. Several bowls of chips. And the ladies, they just jump into it, just grabbing the bowls, and you see the guys on the other side of the table reaching with their hands to try to get something. And Jesse, who's at the head of the group, is like, watch out, guys, it's feeding time. It's like, back, back, get back, get back, get back. You're going to lose a hand. Okay, there isn't just potato chips. There's chicken drumsticks as well, because this redhead has got glass bowl with drumsticks. So, Becky again getting another craving from soon-to-be-born Nikki and Alex. <laughs> she got a craving for seedless watermelon. So, Jesse's like, yeah, watermelon's out of season. I probably have to drive to Mexico to get it. And Becky looks at him and says, well, you've got a car. Becky, he is not driving out of the country to get you watermelon. I can't you like find watermelon practically year round? I don't know, maybe not. Jeremy is not a fan of watermelon. I've always liked watermelon. I I don't have it that much, but I do like it. Seedless watermelon, I feel, is definitely the way to go. That way, you don't kind of worry about those black seeds. Like, ugh, no, thank you. And Jesse, of course, is trying to invoke the opinion of the other da soon-to-be dads. Like, can you believe this, guys? She she wants me to go to Mexico to get her seedless watermelon? You'll leave the country? Really? But, yeah, but it is almost kind of like a battle of the sexes here between the soon-to-be mommies versus the soon-to-be daddies. And she says, we shouldn't have to send them, ladies. They should be happy to go. They're all like, yeah, yeah. But Jesse said, well, wait, wait a minute. 
I'm more than happy to go to the supermarket for whatever you need, but leaving the country because you got some wacky craving for seedless watermelon, which will probably, by the time I get back, you'll have a craving for something completely different. That's where I draw the line. Right. Yeah, it makes me think of um, Lady and the Tramp when um, Darlene was pregnant and she was sending Jim Deere out to get I think she wanted seedless watermelon, too, or just watermelon, but she also wanted chopped suey, and he just, I mean, and this one, mind you, was back in what, this was before, well, there were some cars out there, so it had to be somewhere in, like, the late 20s, early 30s, 1930s, I'm just like, really? Hey. And the guys are all agreeing with Jesse, like, yeah, ugh, I ain't going to Mexico for seedless watermelon. And Jesse says, you know, next thing she'll probably want, Swiss chocolate. And she looks at him and says, mmm, you know, that does sound good. And then she's <laughs> like, why don't you go get it? And he says, I'm not driving, I'm not going to Switzerland. You gotta go all the way to Switzerland to get Swiss chocolate? Just get her a, this Toblerone says it has Swiss milk chocolate in it. There's Swiss Miss. <laughs> That's Quinn's nickname. Uh, I call her Swiss Miss on occasion. I don't know why. Uh, Swiss Delish dark chocolate squares. So you can get something. Oh, Swiss chocolate is chocolate produced in Switzerland. Well, okay. Okay, prove me wrong. <laughs> okay. Well... Cocoa beans and other ingredients such as sugar can originate from outside Switzerland. The actual production of the chocolate must take, must, guys, it's a M-U-S-T, must, take place in Switzerland. Switzerland's chocolates have earned an international reputation for high quality with many famous international chocolate brands. So if you want original melt-in-your-mouth-not-in-your-hand Swiss chocolate. You need to get your fanny, take a train, take a plane, whatever, and get your fan fan over to Switzerland, Switzerland, and you get yourself some Swiss chocolate. Pick some up for me too. Pick some up for me too, because I want. I I I wouldn't mind trying Swiss chocolate. I mean, if you out there are willing to make the trip, definitely hook me up with some Swiss chocolate, right? Okay, so Becky here says, Jess, you're missing the point. It's not about where you go. It's about you guys being there for us. How has he not been there? He even volunteered to crawl into that nasty, nasty cobweb-filled attic to get your winter shoes. I mean, your 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 stockings, your, your slippers, your what wool socks. I don't know what they were. He volunteered, well, he didn't volunteer. He said, sure, dear, I will do that for you, even though I don't want to do that. But he did it. She's acting like he hasn't done anything. He went to the supermarket and got her her chips. Granted, yes, he did forget the bean dip, but, you know, them's the breaks, I guess. And, and Becky says, you know, okay, so we're a little um, over-emotional, and we do get a little demanding. She says, that's because our hormones are running wild. I mean, we're happy. We're sad. We're hot. We're cold. She said, we're huge. And all we want are ridgy potato chips and a slice of juicy watermelon with 
some Swiss chocolate on the side. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. And Jesse goes, honey, 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 because she starts crying. It's not too much to ask. He turns away from Jesse. And all the lady, the soon-to-be mamas all, you know, pat her on the back and like, it's okay, it's okay. Of course, Jesse goes for support with the soon-to-be daddies, and they all turn their back on him. Like, hey, don't put us in your tirade here. Jesse, yes, he pulls back the end of his arms, like, and, you know, he's patting her hair. It's a sweetheart. No, it's not too much to ask. I mean, I know the babies depend on you for everything. You should be able to depend on me. And as she pulls back and says, Jess, what's wrong with me? I mean, you're so patient and understanding, and and I don't deserve you. It's like, oh, no, she deserves me, doesn't she, guys? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And Jesse's like, oh, yeah, now you want to be my friend. She says, I'm gonna, she asks, I'm going to be normal again someday, right? And Jesse says, I hope so. Snack time. All right, here's a little snack. Watch out, guys, it's feeding time. He has like three bowls of chips and a glass bowl of fried chicken. You know what I just got a craving for? KFC? A nice slice of seedless watermelon. Doesn't that sound oh good? Hey, guys, watermelon's out of season right now. I'd probably have to go to Mexico to get it. <laughs> well, you've got a car. <laughs> Come on, Becky. <laughs> do you believe this guy? She, she, she'd send me to Mexico to get her see this watermelon. I mean, do, do you believe this? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. We shouldn't have to send them. They should be happy to go. Yeah, yeah. Hold it, baby boomers. Baby boomers. Now, going to the market and, and stuff like that, that's fine. I, I go for that. But leaving the country to get seedless watermelon because you have some kind of wacky craving, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, she's going to want Swiss chocolate. Ooh, that does sound good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to Switzerland. Jess, you're missing the point. It's not about where you go. It's about you guys being there for us. I mean, okay, so maybe we're a little over-emotional. And maybe we do get a little demanding. But that's because our hormones are running wild. I mean, we're happy, we're sad, we're hot, we're cold, we're cute. And all we want are rigid potato chips and a nice slice of juicy watermelon with a side of Swiss chocolate. Now, is that too much to ask? I don't think so. <laughs> no, sweetheart, no, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not too much to ask. I know the babies depend on you for everything, so you should be able to depend on me. I'm sorry. Oh, Jess, what's wrong with me? I mean, you're so patient and understanding, and I don't deserve you. No, no, you do. You deserve me. <laughs> you deserve me, right, guys? Oh, yeah, yeah, now you want to be my friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be normal again someday, right? I hope so. <laughs> now we go to Michelle's room, which will be DJ's room at the end of this episode. And <laughs> uh, she's got a measuring tape down the middle of it. And, of course, Michelle comes in in the doorway, hands on her hips, saying, May I help you? And DJ pulls back the tape measure and says, she retracts it and says, Kimmy's right. There is enough room for a hot tub. I'm thinking, you would not have a hot tub indoors. No, 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 no. 
whole point of a hot tub, right? Isn't it so you can sit in a hot tub in the dead of winter while the snowflakes fall on you and you're, hey, sitting there reading a book? Maybe that's just my fantasy. I don't know. <laughs> I told Jeremy. I said, when we get a house one day again, I definitely, I want a hot tub. I definitely want a hot tub. I hear that they are definitely, you know, pretty, I would say, are they pretty high maintenance? I mean, they're, they they got to be less maintenance than a p actual pool, right? Bridget, and when I refer to pool, I mean, <laughs> like, an in-ground pool. Or, I guess, an above-ground pool, too. I love how Michelle walks over to her bedpost, which is a pencil. And it's really cool because it's got the metal part that holds the eraser, and she's got her hand on top of it, and she says, Not so fast, sister. This is still my room. And DJ says, Michelle, you heard Dad. You're moving in with Stephanie, and I'm getting this room all to myself. And Michelle says, Well, you can stay in your own old room. You, Stephanie moved out. And DJ is like, Why am I fighting with a three-year-old? Or a four-year-old. Because <laughs> she's like, no, she didn't. And Michelle says, yes, she did. And they go back and forth with this. <laughs> Michelle is, like, so insistent with that. Yes, she did. It's like she's, like, practically clenching her teeth and, like, sticking her head out, like, for emphasis. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> okay, pumpkin. Show yourself. DJ gets up and walks out of the room as she goes. She says, why am I arguing with a four-year-old? And then we get Michelle saying again, I'm four and three quarters. Gosh, this just reminds me of when I was in, was it seventh grade or eighth grade? One of them. I remember because we were all going around, you know, most of us were all like 14. Anyway. And I, I don't know why I wanted to seem above all the other students, like some, and I said, I'm 14 and a half, because by the end of the year, around May, like, yeah, I am, as of February 24th, you know, I hit that half year mark, where my birthday's like six months away, and the, my gym teacher, who, she was the coolest gym teacher in the world, shout out to Miss, Miss Nimala, she was awesome. And yeah, she was the typical masculine woman with the windbreaker jacket and pants. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but she looked at me and said, no, just, are you 14? There's no halves here. You just, you're either 14 or you're whatever. So, okay. So yeah, that knocked me off my, uh... <laughs> anyone else want to have that pencil bed growing up? I thought that is the coolest thing. I know I mentioned on other podcasts about wanting to have a bed where the posts of the bed are made out of stacked books. I just think that would be so awesome. Wow, Steph works fast. Because you go into the room, the mattress is stripped bare, all the stuff that was on the uh, little shelf behind her bed, gone. The nightstand, completely empty. Emphasis with that is the drawer, two drawers are empty. Then the dresser, her little mini three-drawer dresser there is also em empty. Any posters she had, gone. And DJ shuts the door and says, 
You're right. She's gone. This irritates me to be on no end with Michelle. She, like, rolls her eyes, looks at DJ, says, oh, duh. I'm like, that should have been nipped in the butt a long time ago. It's like, sweetie, you don't say that word. You don't do that. I get it for, I don't know, kids, people think it's cute when kids have an attitude. It's like, you fix that before it becomes a real problem when they become, like, 13, 14. Because they're going to be doing that a lot. Like, I don't need you to be an angsty teenager when you're four. You save that for ten years down the road, Michelle. Because I don't want to hear it at four years old. Of course, as the audience, we all laugh. Ha, 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 Michelle, so duh. That was a big thing in the 90s. Just duh, 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 duh. <laughs> Wait, didn't they do that in teenage? Ninja Turtles, the movie. I can't remember. But honestly, who didn't say that in the 90s in the movies and stuff? Ugh. May I help you? Just measuring my new room. Kimo was right. There isn't enough room for a hot tub. Not so fast, sister. This is still my room. Michelle, you heard Dad. You're moving in with Stephanie, and I'm getting this room all to myself. You can stay in your room. Stephanie moved out. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. Why am I arguing with a four-year-old? At four and three quarters. <laughs> You're right. She's gone. Duh. <laughs> Where did she go? Follow me. So DJ asks Michelle, well, where did she go? And Michelle says, follow me. So my guess is I bet Michelle helped Stephanie move this stuff. And it's just, it's hilarious how many times DJ and Stephanie said, I don't want, I'm going to sleep in Uncle Jesse's room or I'm going I'm to move in with Michelle and stuff like that. Where Stephanie's always, I'm going to go sleep with Michelle in her, her room tonight in a sleeping bag on the floor. Or if DJ's in a bad mood, like, I think it was, like, a little romance where Michael broke up with her, and she grabbed Mr. Bear and Stephanie's pillow and sleeping bag and said, I don't want company tonight. Stephanie, you're going to have to go sleep with Michelle. Goodbye. That other episode where Stephanie thinks that Harry, that DJ stole Harry, her boyfriend, from her, and she moves in with, no, she moves Stephanie into the room with her, I thought, and then, yeah, Stephanie moves Michelle into DJ's room and takes Michelle's room, like, what? Yeah, we go into the room and all of Stephanie's clothes are... All over the place. She also has a coat rack that's got a purple, a lavender purple feather boa. She's got a curly blonde wig. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, Stephanie's got her clothes on hangers just kind of hanging <laughs> all over the place. Also, there's a little window, like a little stained glass window with some pinkish looking flowers. 
And then there's also this little stuffed dog up there. There's also a Mr. Bear and then another, a bigger, like, teddy bear with a red hoodie on. The DJ goes over to the shower curtain and she says, Stephanie, and she pulls back the curtain. And Stephanie is just looking pleased as punch. She's just hanging out in the tub with her, her comforter underneath her she's, yeah she's got her pillow she's got her comforter she's comfy we also see the ballerina poster just above stephanie's head and then we also see this uh ballerina it's like made of fabric or something that usually is on stephanie's wall she's got that up there I wonder what book she's reading. I Stephanie wearing her reading glasses, and she takes them off, sets them on her lap, and looks up at DJ and at DJ and S. Did someone forget how to knock? She asks Stephanie, Steph, what are you doing in here? And she says, I live here. Ugh. Yeah, and then she goes on. <laughs> she's like, isn't it cool? And she goes on to explain all the improvement she's made <laughs> she said i turned the sink into a wet bar what's a wet bar <laughs> okay so this doesn't make a wet bar is a small bar used for mixing and serving alcoholic beverages that includes a sink with running water okay <laughs> oh that's what a wet bar is a wet bar Oh, wait a minute. As opposed to a dry bar that does not include a sink, a wet bar can increase the rate at which drinks are served because of the sink, which allows for glasses to be cleaned immediately. The sink may also be used for cleaning glassware as well as spills that may happen. Wet bars are found in homes for entertainment purposes, near a kitchen or in a finished basement. Are some typical locations for a wet bar? Wet bars are are relatively simple to build and thus many homeowners have turned the wet bar into a do-it-yourself project. Yeah, I don't think wet bars can be found in bathrooms, stuff. The fact that she even knows what a wet bar is, like, hmm. The tub into a waterbed, really? That, <laughs> it's, oh, waterbeds, Waterbeds are the best. They really, really are. When my sister moved out, I actually got her waterbed when I was 11. And it's weird because she and I, on our trip to Galveston, <clears throat> I had brought that up. I said, yeah, about, you know, my waterbed. And she says, that wasn't your waterbed. I bought that bed. That was my bed. And I'm like, oh, Okay. <laughs> I always, I don't know why I always assumed it was mine, like my dad got it for me, but Nicole said, no, that was my bed. Because I moved into Nicole's room, my sister, after she moved out. And my little room just became like, just a, a spare bedroom. She says, and I'm thinking of turning the toilet into a love seat. Ew! Stephanie, people go to the bathroom. The, the bathroom has got to be one of the most disgusting, germ-filled places ever. Also, I have never seen 
a bathroom that has carpet. That just seems wrong on so many levels. And this has got to be one of the biggest bathrooms I've ever seen. It looks as big as Michelle's room. And, <laughs> yeah, because we see the sink in the left-hand side of the screen here. And then we also see a stuffed dog and a stuffed panda chewing on leaves or something on uh, just at the front of that clawfoot bathtub. So Danny comes into the bathroom and is like, hey, girls. And then he looks, takes a second, looks around, notices the changes, like someone's moved into this bathroom. And he looks at DJ and says, somebody want to explain to me what's going on here? <laughs> I'll hand it to Michelle, looking up at Danny. Stephanie lives in the potty now. <laughs> I love how he looks off. He's like, oh, really? Well, I I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> oh, come on, really? She actually called up the cable company. She says, I have a cable guy coming Tuesday. I love Stephanie's sham pillow. It looks like it's straight out of um, Peter Rabbit with... Yeah, because that's the exact, like, color of her bedspread is of, you know, uh, Peter Rabbit. Just so, so adorable. If I were a kid, I would love, love, love that comforter and, and bed sham. Or, or pillow sham, excuse me. So, I love how Danny bends down to Stephanie's level, you know, being she's laying in the bathtub. <laughs> He asks her, honey, why did you move in here? And Stephanie says, well, I've got no place else to go. DJ and Michelle don't want to live with me. And Danny stands up and turns to DJ and says, girls, I don't like what I'm hearing. Maybe we need to rethink this whole matter. Yeah, he says, maybe we should just rethink this whole idea of changing rooms. And DJ says, no, 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 no rethinking, please. Your original thinking was perfect. And she tells it like, just give me a moment to work this out. And I love how Danny says, okay, Deej, I mean, you had enough dad talks. So, and he puts a hand on her shoulder and says, I think I've given you enough wisdom for you to handle this on your own. As Danny, DJ's frankly shoving him out the bathroom door. And he says, I don't think I have to mention anything about how you should treat each other with respect. And she's like, I got it. I got it, dad. Yeah. Danny says, I'm sorry, these dad talks are hard to give up. So, yeah, DJ just wants a quick fix. She looks at Stephanie and Michelle and says, hey, why don't we skip the speech, go straight to the hugs, and we'll all just start packing. And Michelle says, no, thank you. And she walks out. Okay, there is a shirt here that definitely looks like something Stephanie would never wear. I mean, I see that, and I see something like, an aunt or a grandma wearing this button-up tie. It just, it really does look like something a, mid, a middle-aged woman would wear over, say, a nine-year-old girl. And Michelle walks out and DJ says, Michelle? And <laughs> Stephanie, great start, Deej. Dad would be proud. 
And yeah, Stephanie pretty much wants to go back to her book. She's like, can you please close the door on the way out? Can you imagine? Although DJ does say, Steph, come on. Cut me some slack here. I've given you five years. Give me five minutes. But anyway, what I was saying, what if Jesse or Joey, like, really had to go to the bathroom and they had no idea that Stephanie was even in here? I mean, she probably could, you know, pull the curtain and everything. But even still, it's like the bathroom is a private space where you should be able to. And Sam says, fine, five minutes. And she pulls up her wrist, looks at her watch and says, go. Five minutes, go. And DJ sits on the hamper that I think the towels go into, towels and washcloths go into after they're used. She says, Steph, come on, we can work this out. We always work stuff out. We always work things out. And Stephanie looks at DJ and says, yeah, but this time it's personal. And DJ looks like she's pleading with Stephanie. She says, Steph, we've been through way too much to throw it away now. DJ's really laying it on thick here. She says, we've been through so much together. We've laughed. We've cried. We weren't just roommates. We were soulmates. Does not face Stephanie in the slightest. She just looks at her watch and says, Oh, very touching. Yeah, you have four minutes left. And it seems like DJ is really trying to lay the guilt onto Stephanie with saying, Stephanie, if you stay in here, it'll ruin everything. I mean, is this some sort of revenge on me for having been a terrible sister? And Stephanie actually climbs out of the tub and faces DJ as she says, no, you've been a great sister. And for Stephanie, she, as she says, no, you've been a great sister. That's why I don't want you to leave. I mean, if you leave, I'll miss everything. Isn't all, I mean, because DJ's the older sister. She's, you know, starting to go out on dates with guys and stuff like that. And of course, I mean, this just, Stephanie is just enthralled by DJ. I mean, she's going out on dates. You know, what's the hottest gossip going on with, you know, her school, her classmates, Stephanie. But as any younger sibling probably would have an older sibling, everything about them is fascinating because in a way, with an older sibling, you know, you kind of sometimes do look up to them and you learn from them. I mean, some of my music interests did come from what my sister listened to. Granted, we didn't share a room together, but she would be, you know, putting on music like New Kids on the Block and she, or she'd be listening to the radio, putting, you know, Paula Abdul, Tiffany, Madonna. The, I learned about that music through my sister. Now, granted, my sister was one who did, just like DJ did, spend time in the, a lot of time in the bathroom in front of the mirror and everything like that. I mean, to make herself look good. Granted, you know, sure, I probably could have, like, went in and maybe watched. Probably not. But, and, you know, learn how to do stuff with my own hair. You know, take an active interest. Oh, my sister's putting on makeup. I should watch. I don't know why, but that specific part of being a, a girl, of wanting to, you know, do something with your hair and, you know, put lip. It, my sister, when I was 14, she got me, like, a, a, a nice, 
you know, makeup, beginner's makeup kit thing. I used it once. And I, well, it's only because somebody said so. I, like, put on some light lipstick or something. It was class picture day. I was in the bathroom. And this girl said, oh, you probably shouldn't use that because it's going to show up. Like, it'll be much darker, like, in the picture or something to that effect or whatever. I don't know. But after that day, I never used makeup again. And I just, I don't... It's almost like, it feels like it's either putting on makeup and, and doing that stuff. It almost feels like it should have come to me, but it just, I didn't take a big interest. With me, it was just run a brush through the hair, brush the teeth, put on the deodorant, and boom, bang, you're out the door for school after you get dressed. I never really, and I wasn't the one that would be choosing what I was going to wear the night before school. I just... I put on what was ever clean in my, you know, my drawers and stuff in my dresser. And it's just, I don't, I don't know why that, that's just, there's some people that are like that, that, you know, do want to spend time and make themselves look good and stuff. And they're, that's absolutely fine. But then, and then there's others that just don't, that just, you know what I mean? And I think in a way, DJ is emulating exactly what, Stephanie, even though she's becoming her own person, she still looks to DJ for guidance. And the idea of her older sister being in another room, she feels like she's going to kind of lose that. But in a way, with Stephanie and Michelle, Steph Michelle being the younger one sharing a room with Stephanie, I, I'm going to be 100% honest, I did not feel like what we got with Stephanie and DJ over four seasons of sharing a room where Stephanie's always looking up to DJ and everything. We didn't get that kind of similar with Michelle and Stephanie over seasons four through eight. We just never really got that kind of a, but then again, Stephanie and Michelle's relationship, of course, is very different from what Stephanie and DJ's. I just, I don't know. And I, I'm just trying to recall, like, was there anything where Michelle was looking up to her big... Well, yeah, the episode, um, Leap of Faith with the whole, I look up to you and Steph, you both get to do really cool things. Like, go, you know stay up late and go out and do this and that and everything like that. Well, th yeah, there's another one, Claire in Prison Danger. I haven't covered it yet, where Gia's hanging, you know, she's besties now with Steph, and they're acting like, oh, my gosh, if my mom and your dad start dating, we could be sisters, for realsy sisters. And Michelle gets a little jealous at that. I don't know. I guess I kind of wish we could have gotten a little more Stephanie DJ relationship in the Stephanie and Michelle department, but it's just they're all three of the girls are different and they get what they get out of their relationship. The sisters, you know, their relationship with each other is different because they're all three different people. Now I'm just rambling. Let's get back to this. Yeah, and of course, Stephanie says, you know, listening in on your phone calls, hearing if you got a date for the weekend, and then reading your diary to see how it went. 
<laughs> exactly, of course. You know DJ is not going to give that info up front to Stephanie. <laughs> and DJ says, you know, Steph, I'll be right down the hall. You know, you can visit me anytime you want. My door is always open. Except for when it's closed, but then you knock first. And Stephanie says, but it won't be the same. And DJ says, no, it won't be. It'll be better because you're going to be the older sister. You're going to be the big sister of the room. And Michelle is going to look up to you exactly like you looked up to me. And I'm thinking, Michelle really doesn't, though. I mean, maybe in some context, but not in the adoration that we've seen over four seasons with Stephanie and DJ. That's what I'm trying to point. That That's the whole point I was trying to get across was the adoration that Stephanie feels for her big sister. We don't really seem to get that with Michelle. Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, not everyone looks up to their older sibling. Especially when you don't get along. <laughs> yeah, she says, Michelle's going to look up to you just like you looked up to me. Yeah, and DJ also adds, and one thing will never change. I'll always be your big sister and I'm always going to love you. Stephanie says, I'll always love you too, Deej. And they hug. Oh, sisters. And DJ says, pulling back from the hug, well, now that we have the old team back together, let's see if we can outsmart Michelle. She says, maybe between the two of us, we can outsmart Michelle. And of course, Stephanie says, piece of cake. Oh. Is there something you want to tell me? Definitely lives in the party now. <laughs> sure you do. Oh, really? Wow, I, I love what you've done with the place. Thanks. I've got the cable guy coming Tuesday. Yeah, right. Honey, why did you move in here? Because I've got no place else to go. DJ and Michelle don't want to live with me. Girls, I don't like what I'm hearing. Maybe we should just rethink this whole idea of changing rooms. No, no, no rethinking. Your original thinking was perfect. Just give me a chance to work this all out. Okay, Deej. Heck, you've had enough dad talks over the years. I think I've given you enough wisdom to handle this on your own. Thanks, Dad. I won't even mention how important it is to treat each other with respect. I got it. I'm sorry, these dad talks are hard to give up. Say we just skip the speech, go straight to the hugs, and we'll all start packing. No, thank you. Michelle. Great start, Deej. Dad will be proud. Oh, <laughs> uh, would you mind closing the door on your way out? Steph, come on. I've given you five years. Give me five minutes. Fine. Five minutes. Ready? Go. Steph, I know we can work this out. We always work things out. Yeah. But this time, it's personal. <laughs> Steph, we've been through way too much together to throw it away now. We've laughed, we've cried, 
We weren't just roommates. We were soulmates. Very touching. Four minutes. Seb, <laughs> so if you stay in here, this could ruin everything. Is this some kind of revenge because I've been such a terrible sister? No. You've been a great sister. That's why I don't want you to leave. If you go, I'll miss everything. Listening in on your phone calls, <laughs> hearing if you got a date for the weekend, then reading your diary to see how it went. <laughs> Steph, I'll be right down the hall. You can visit me whenever you want. My door is always open. Unless it's closed, and then you knock. But it won't be the same. No, not exactly the same. You're going to be the big sister in the room. Michelle's going to look up to you just like you looked up to me. But one thing will never change. I'll always be your big sister, and I'll always love you. I'll always love you too, Deej. Well, now that we have the old team back together, maybe between the two of us we can outsmart Michelle. Pizza cake. <laughs> so yeah, they go across the hall, knock on Michelle's door because it's closed. <laughs> Stephanie asks Michelle, Michelle, can we come in? And Michelle says, whose room is it? And DJ says, it's your room. And Michelle says, okay, come in. I notice on the wall, like, when they're getting ready to head down the stairs, there is a picture from our very first Christmas show in season two with Stephanie and Michelle sitting on Joey's lap, even though <laughs> Michelle knew it was Joey, but uh, Mich Stephanie was tricked into believing it was Santa when it wasn't. Michelle's sitting on the floor to uh, right near the blue, the, basically the right side of her bedpost <laughs> at the foot of her bed. And she's got her white dollhouse with the pink, looks like Pepto-Bismol pink roof. And she's putting a doll in there. It looks like it's too big to go in there. She says, welcome to my room. Yeah, and Stephanie's, uh, Stephanie, DJ says, you know, Michelle, if you don't move in with Stephanie, you're missing out on, yeah, she says, Michelle, if you don't move, you're missing out on a wonderful experience. Living with Stephanie was the best years of my life. Yeah, she says, well, it was the happiest time in my life. I love Michelle, so matter of fact, and she points at DJ and says, then why don't you keep her? DJ says, well, I've been happy long enough. It's time for you to be happy. She, DJ puts her hands on Stephanie's shoulders and says, this is my gift to you, Michelle. So I like how Stephanie gets on Michelle's level by kneeling on the floor and asks Michelle, Michelle, why don't you want to live with me? We go right back to the kindergarten. Ba you called me a kindergarten baby. Stephanie apologizes. She says, I'm sorry. What I meant to say is, you're in kindergarten, baby! And Michelle is not like, yeah, right. Nice try. I don't, mm. <laughs> Michelle looks at her. Nice try. Yeah, mm, mm. She may be four, but she can sense uh, someone's trying too hard. <laughs> so, of course... Stephanie brings out the big guns and she says, if you live with me, I'll give you, give you a box of cookies or a bag of cookies. And Michelle says, okay, I'll live with you. 
Yeah, and Stephanie says, you mean it? Really? And Michelle says, you're lucky I like, I love cookies. <laughs> yeah, what if she didn't? <sighs> well, there's always chocolate cake. We know that Michelle likes chocolate. She likes cake of any kind, but especially chocolate cake. And Stephanie lays down this ground rule pretty fast. She says, now that we're going to be living together, I only have one rule. I'm the boss. And Michelle says, no, I'm the boss. And they start arguing. And I love how DJ ushers them out of the room and closes the doors. Like, yes, thank you. Yeah, because DJ goes over to them arguing. She says, oh, this is beautiful. You two were made for each other. And she shuts the door and says, yes. Like, yeah, but it still looks like Michelle's room, though. It has, her, DJ's room looks gorgeous when, when this room is done. It's like got a light lilac-y lavender color and then also peach-ish orange, like, accents. I, what the heck am I talking? I'm not an interior decorator. What are accents? I don't know. But still. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, and I know I've said this before on previous podcasts when we're in Michelle's room, is that the border, that teddy bear border, my Aunt Debbie, yes, I'm saying her name on the podcast, um, who I lived with from the time I turned seven in first grade, and then when I finished second grade. So, yeah, she had this teddy bear border in the room that I shared with her daughter, and let me just say, it wasn't the pleasantest experience because uh, she's not a fan. I mean, and her daughter was like probably three years younger than me, but she made emphasis being that I was staying in her room. She always would bring up, this is my room. Like, you're not even a guest here. You're an interloper. And it's just, oh, I felt really miserable. Nothing feels worse than when you feel, like, unwanted and unwelcome, even by people that are supposed to be, you know, that are your relatives, that are your cousins. Michelle, can we come in? Whose room is it? It's your room. Okay, come in. Welcome to my room. Michelle, if you don't move, you're missing out on a wonderful experience. (laughs) Living with Stephanie was the happiest time of my life. Then why don't you keep her? Well, um, I've been happy long enough. It's time for you to be happy. This is my gift to you. Michelle, why don't you want to live with me? Because you call me a kindergarten baby. Well, I said I'm sorry. What I meant to say was, you're in kindergarten, baby! Nah, nice try, stuff. Nice try. <laughs> Come on, if you live with me, I'll give you a bag of cookies. Okay, I'll live with you. Really? You're lucky I love cookies. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Michelle, now that we're living together, I only have one rule. I'm the boss, so I'm the boss. No, I'm the boss, so I'm the boss. Oh, this I'm is beautiful. You boss. two were made no, for each other. hope you all enjoyed it. I, as always, love covering these episodes. So, 
best outfit of the episode, I'm going to have to say, gosh, you know, now that I think about it, I, I liked how Lisa Green was dressed. It's very nice, you know, red pants, red shirt, and a nice dark blue button-up long sleeve shirt. Just very presentable, very clean, just very nice. So, worst outfit, of course, like I said earlier, is going to Stephanie with the bedazzled-looking fake diamond multicolored... What, it was like the shorts were like, one side was like lime green, the other was tangerine orange, and then up top was like a uh, fuchsia-colored pinkish purple. And I just, I was not feeling it. I didn't like it. It was just, ooh, no thank you. Ooh. Tanner Teachable moment. <laughs> In regards to Stephanie, if you <laughs> with your sibling, I don't want to live with you anymore. Yeah. I'm sure there are a bunch of places in your house you could... It's ain't even Stephanie. She could have went to the... Well, no, she really couldn't have because that baby labor childbirth class was downstairs. But even so, I mean, the alcove. There you go. That could have been something. Um, downstairs in the studio, the basement in the studio, off in a little corner somewhere. Uh, yeah, not the bat. The bathroom would be the very last place... That is, it's disgusting. It just, I mean, we all use bathrooms. We know what they're there for, you know, not just to shower, but to, you know, release your, your whatnots, you know, you, you release your whatnots. But, it's it's just gross. And I was like, I hope that tub was clean before she put her bedding down in there. Like, ew, ugh. Uh, but then again, Danny Tanner is Mr. Clean Machine, so you know that stuff is getting clean on a regular weekly basis. Ugh, just gross. So yeah, that's a Tanner teachable moment for Stephanie. Danny, honestly, I like how he bowed out gracefully when he realized that Joey and Lisa were a better match than him. And Lisa, just because he's trying, he was so desperate that he was willing to do a bad impression that he, he got wrong to begin with because neither Tom nor Jerry talked. And it, was just, it sounded more like Mickey Mouse than it sounded like, well, Jerry doesn't talk, so I don't have a reference for that. But even still, it's like, I like the fact that, yeah, if you feel you're not hitting it off with somebody for whatever reason, like you're just not connecting in your meetings, don't go out of your way to, like, pretend to like what they like just to give yourself an inch because it just, it's it's not going to work. With, with Becky, I mean, yes, I know she's pregnant, heavily pregnant. She does have demands and all that stuff, and Jesse is there, you know, at her beck and call and whatnot. But it's like, make your demands reasonable. I get it. She said, well, I'm, you know, over-emotional, and I know my demands are not reasonable, like going to Mexico for seedless watermelon or going to Switzerland for Swiss chocolate. I just, 
Make them something that somebody can do. Going out at 4 a.m. to whatever, what place is going to be open at that time. Walmart? I don't know. Are they even open? To, are they open 24 hours a day? I wouldn't be going to a Walmart at 4 in the morning. I'll tell you that. I don't know what, I don't care what your craving is. You, you sit on that craving until they open up at like 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. And I will go then. But I am not, who am I talking about? Who am I, who, who, what, what pregnant person am I going somewhere to get them something? I'm not, just not. <laughs> now, I know if I, if I were the pregnant E, um, I know dang well Jeremy would not be bending over backwards to some erratic request like that. <laughs> he just wouldn't. And it wouldn't be because he doesn't love me. It's like, even he would see, like, this is just your behavior is irrational, regardless of your mood swings. <laughs> but Jesse, I mean, I, I I support Jesse. He was in the right. Like, I'm not going to Mexico for seedless water. But the fact that you're like, you have a car. No, 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 no. Part of me feels like she was kind of putting on a show for the other mothers, like, hey, or other soon-to-be mommies. She's like, hey, watch me push my husband around and s s watch him wait on my me, uh, my beck and call and everything. Like, I'll tell him to do something, he'll go do it because he's my husband and I'm having his babies. So, <laughs> it, it really does feel like she was trying to show off for the other mamas. All right, Come, coming September 3rd, kicking off the Back to School Series Part 3 with Nerd for a Day, Season 3, Episode 4. This aired October 13th, 1989. Stephanie and the rest of her class get detention for calling classmate Walter Duckface. Uncle Jesse says being nice to people is important and makes her call Walter to apologize. Unfortunately, Walter takes this to mean Stephanie is his girlfriend and she suggests being his secret friend instead, or secret girlfriend, instead of rejecting him outright and hurting his feelings. The next day, when her friends come over to work on a school project, Walter shows up just before everyone else and they find him holding her hand oh my goodness gracious sake well and the fact that jesse did tell stephanie while she was on the phone with walter to tell him he's a very nice boy i can see where maybe walter would get that a little misconstrued with oh she thinks i'm a very nice boy that means she's in love with me Ugh. Um, also, you might actually recognize this guy. You know what? I'm going to table it. I'm going to table it for when I cover the episode. And you'll find out just why this young man looks familiar. Why are you saying young man? This guy's older than I am now. Let's see. When was his birthday? Whit Hartford as Whitby Hartford. Yeah, he's born in 78, so he's, like, f almost four years older than I am, because I was born in 82. So, yeah, we're going to do Nerd for a Day, and then after that, we're going to sandwich that, because we got the first two episodes in September, 
because after this we'll do pinch for pinch, but that is actually going to be coming. Let me go here. That is that one's going to be September 24th. September 10th is going to be season five's The Volunteer in honor of. Or no, not. Hold on a second. <laughs> um, no, Nerf for a day. And then of course. So, yeah, September 3rd, Nerd for a Day, September 10th is going to be the volunteer in honor of Alzheimer's Day in September. The 17th, I'm going to be covering Joey's Place for Dave Coulier's birthday on the 21st. And the 24th is going to be a pinch for a pinch. And then, of course, we have the final, oh my goodness, there's five Fridays in October. So, yeah, we're going to be covering... I'm going to go with, so, the 8th, we're going to do, Working Girl, and then on the 29th, the last one is going to be, Stephanie Gets Framed. Then also we have Elias Harger's birthday coming up, I'll be covering basic training from Fuller House Season 5. So, yeah, we're going to be doing three episodes for October. So, anyway, okay, I've <laughs> said this enough. So, all right, everyone, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and enjoy the rest of August and have a great Labor, Labor Day is coming up in early September, so... Have a good Labor Day. Enjoy the fall weather. It seems like last year, I'm trying to think when exactly did we get fall weather down here. I thought it was like mid to late October, maybe even November when things started to start to cool down, maybe more in the 60s and 50s. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, everyone, like I said, have a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of your August. Have a great Labor Day. And if you want to email the podcast, again, the podcast, the email address is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And also follow along on the Facebook page so that way you know, and even the Instagram page, so that way you know what episodes I'm covering which month because it changes every single month. I'm doing something different, so... November and December are kind of left up in the air at the moment, but when I kind of decide what I want to cover, I will definitely let you all know. Yeah, you like the podcast? Leave a review for it on iTunes. Bye-bye, everybody.